franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with a business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Uh, I am My name is Sarah Wasco and I am joined today by my colleague Roxanne Rapsky with FranNet of Dallas-Fort Worth in Oklahoma. Uh, we are thankful for technology. Roxanne was unable to be here in person today but is joining us by Zoom. And today we are welcoming our guest, Alicia Garner. Alicia is the president and CEO of Ellie Mental Health in Mansfield. And one of the things Roxanne and I really love about doing this podcast podcast is the amazing guests that we get to meet and learn about. And sometimes our guests are our clients and people that we know well. Other times we're getting to know our guests uh, through the podcast. And Alicia had a story in the Dallas Business Journal that caught my attention. So we connected. I loved hearing her story, and I thought that our listeners would enjoy hearing it as well. So thank you for joining us, Alicia. We're so happy to have you today. Thank you so much. for. I'm happy to be here. Thank you both, Roxanne and Sarah. You are most welcome. So you are the owner of Ellie Mental Health in Mansfield, and that is a franchise brand. Uh, I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that a mental health business is actually a franchise. And in getting to know you a little bit prior today, you told us how this came to be, a little bit about your background and how you feel like that your background influenced your decision to go down this path. So I was intrigued by that story, and I think our listeners will be too. So can you share a little bit of that with us? Sure. So I'm originally from Illinois. However, my parents are Jamaican, so I am kind of rooted in culture in multiple ways. Um, when living in Illinois for a number of years, uh, I decided, you know, this really isn't where I want to call home forever. I want to do something else. And so I did a kind of infomercial type of thing on in, um, LinkedIn and found out there was a process that you could do to get connections. So in doing these connections and processes over a period of months, I was able to then find a recruiter um, that was looking for someone to kind of come to the Virgin Islands, live for a few years, work for an amazing company. Um, and that ultimately led for me and my husband to move to the Virgin Islands for three years. So at the time, I had a one-year-old. Um, my entire support system was left in Illinois, but we did it knowing that this was something that was going to be life-changing in multiple ways for us. And so in working for that company, I think what really stood out for me was the fact that it was the first time that I had lived outside of the U.S., but there was that culture of the Caribbean. And being Jamaican, I just felt right at home. So I worked for a company where I was basically part of a team that was doing things differently. You know, technology was there. There were opportunities to interact with the local culture and customs and all of these things. And it really was a time of self-reflection, figuring out what I really love to do and what I 
didn't really care so much about. And so throughout that process, um, learned a lot about myself, our values, thought about the company culture and how that's not something you see every day in the United States. You know, on the on the mainland, you don't normally see people hanging out like you did um, in the Virgin Islands or going on boat trips or just really being a part of each other's lives day to day. Because most of us had come from the mainland and we were making our home in the Virgin Islands. So it was a really, really unique experience. So had a dream one night and I decided I wanted to start my own business. So initially I started, um, actually my business didn't come to fruition until I moved back to the States after being in the Virgin Islands for three years. And that company was Culture Elevation. And culture was kind of that embodiment of culture. I was reading to kids online. I was, you know, speaking about little known facts and history and all of these things that really fed my soul. And I said, I want to build something that's bigger than me. And I want to have a legacy for my family, my daughter. I want to be that example for her. And so culture kind of took a turn where it wasn't as profitable as I wanted it to be. So I was like, I have to really think about what makes sense in long-term sustainability, and um, ended up being uh, contacted by a franchise, um, a, what do you call them? Franchise? Franchise consultant. Oh, yes, franchise yep. consultant. I'm sorry. Yep. And when he reached out to me, I normally don't always answer those. I'm kind of like, well, you know. So you were employed at the time and had your side business, right? Yes. Okay. So you guys, just to back up for a second, you ended up getting laid off in the Virgin Islands and then y'all chose Texas as your home. Yes. And I remember you telling me you spent some time just kind of enjoying being together and um, and then you got a job and then you started your business, which was your lifelong dream from well, maybe not lifelong, but recent plan. And yes. you had, and you said you'd had a, an actual dream that you had started your business. I did. So that's super intriguing. Yeah. So, you know, after the layoff happened, um, my husband and I moved to Dallas because initially we were looking at Arizona and Texas. And what ultimately led us to Texas was I was getting the most feedback from employers in Texas. So I said, you know, let's take a chance. And the company that I worked for was really great. They said, you know, um, pick a place you want to go in uh, the United States and we'll pay to send you back. And so that was a really intriguing offer that we didn't want to let slip through our fingers. And so we came to Dallas with no jobs. My husband and I just decided, hey, we're going to make it work. We're going to figure it out. We didn't have a support system, didn't know anybody when we moved. Um, but you'd already done that. You'd already moved to the Virgin Islands and didn't know anybody yeah. and didn't have a support system. So you knew you could do it. Absolutely. And I know you shared that you really felt you learned so much from those uh, residents in the Virgin Islands about resilience and about figuring things out because they don't have the resources that we have. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be in a position where you're a problem solver. And I think that that translates to any business. You know, everything isn't going to be handed to you on a platter where it's just easy to follow and you have an easy roadmap. And so I kind of looked at this as a challenge that I've already conquered. Mm -hmm. It was just in a new place. Yep. And so being in Dallas allowed me to re-network, um, build up my group of people, my tribe, as I like to call them, that really helped me to kind of make my mark in the working world here in Texas and work into some of the larger companies. So, you know, I've always been of the mindset I wanted to maintain my 
permanent job and do something on the side until I figure out, hey, maybe this is the avenue that I want to go down. But I always had that little safety net there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a common mindset these days of people diversifying, creating another stream of income. And that was a little bit of what had caught my attention when I read your article in the Dallas Business Journal. And so you started that on your own with Cultural Elevation. That was the name, right? And Roxanne, were you going to ask a question? Yeah, I was just going to say, now that you're back and you're like where Sarah had you back up, now that you're back and you're in Texas and you've landed a job is about the time that someone reached out to you about semi-absentee business opportunities. Yeah, right? because you had decided, you said the business you had started on your own was kind of going through some trials and tribulations and you were reevaluating things and then yes. you got contacted. Yeah. So after being contacted, I, you know, did the initial exploratory sessions and just really sat down and talked with my franchise consultants about what really was at the core of what I wanted in a business. So some key things for me was I needed it to be impactful. I needed it to make a difference. I needed it to be something that I could naturally be excited about without having to you know, kind of get myself excited. It was just natural. I was excited to talk about it. I wanted to share it. It was something that people are needing and wanting, especially right now. And elemental health fit that bill. Um, you know, it allows me to be passionate. It allows me to still maintain my current job while doing something that really makes a, a difference in the community. And you see people's faces light up when I tell them what I do. And, you know, they're always like, we don't have enough of these services. We don't Mm -hmm. have enough people out here to meet these needs. And I'm so excited that you're here. That's wonderful. And that has to be very rewarding. Absolutely. And I think mental health needs are just at an all-time high. So that's such a great business for you to be in and such a need. And um, definitely gives you the ability to make an impact One of the other things that you said is you wanted the ability to be creative through your business as well, if I recall. Yeah. So one of the big things for me is I don't like to be put in a box. I'm a creative person at nature. So although I might be, you know, one thing at work and one thing with the the franchise, it doesn't overshadow the fact that I'm intensely creative. I'm always thinking outside of the box and doing things a little bit differently. Um, You know, a lot of people do ribbon cuttings for their very first opening. For us, we had a pop-up shop. So we had each one of our offices turned into a small owned business pop-up shop. There was food trucks, there was Afro beats. It was just full of culture and life and it was a lot of fun. So those are the types of things that we do in Mansfield. And so I want to stop you right there really quick. Sorry, Sarah, is I think so many people look at franchising and think I'm going to be in a box. There's so many rules. And what people don't understand is, yes, you are following a system and you're buying a business in a box. And it, it varies from franchise to franchise. But there is the ability to to have that. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the autonomy of owning your own business. But and also put your little spin on it. So I think that's a perfect example of how you can own a franchise and also bring yourself and your own creativity and sprinkle that in it. Absolutely. And I always like to tell people, you know, you have to live within the confines of brand standard. You have to do that for the integrity of the brand. But what you also want to do is set yourself apart 
in the sense that if someone says, oh, I know Ellie Mental Mansfield because they did X, Y, and Z, that's something unique that you could be known for. It doesn't necessarily have to be tied in with what everybody else is doing. And I've kind of gotten the reputation across the franchise that I do things a little bit differently. So when people are trying to get outside of the box a little bit, they'll come and ask me, hey, I'm you know thinking about doing this or what have you done in the past? And it's really cool that they even want to consult me, consult with me considering I'm just flying off the seat of my pants half the time. But I think that is cool too. So in addition to what Roxanne said about not being restricted and we share with our clients, uh, some franchises are more structured than others. And I love the way that you put that. You're also expressing the advantage and the benefit of being in a franchise system and having other franchisees because I don't consider myself creative. And so knowing that if I might want to try something different, that I have a colleague that's really good at that, that's willing to share um, how she did things and what were su- what was successful in her business for her unique, you know, ribbon cutting. You What did you call it? A Um, Uh, pop-up shop. shop. Right. So I don't think I would have thought of that on my own, but hey, I think that's a great idea. And will Alicia give me some suggestions and some hints on how I might be able to do the same thing at my location in a different part of the country? So you're not competing. Definitely. And I, you know, one thing that I always like to tell people too is as you're going through the hiring process to hire employees for your franchise, it's really important to figure out what they're inherently good at. I have one of my therapists, she's um, got an undergrad degree in advertising. So my initial thought was, okay, let me make sure that this position not only feeds your soul in terms of helping the community, but your creativity as well. So I've kind of asked her to manage our social media pages. She does all of our collateral for our pop-up shop. She designs our t-shirts, like all of the things that we can collaborate on together. And she's even told me that sometimes when she's just kind of not feeling like herself, it's a great outlet for her to have her creative um, juices flowing a little bit. That's amazing. So you've got people with very diverse strengths as your employees, and you're able to utilize them in different areas alongside their role. Absolutely. And I think that's key, especially being a small business. You're going to want to look for people that are willing to kind of step out of their core role because that helps you be more successful. It's very hard when you're, you know, a team of one or two to do everything. So if you have a team that's engaged and they appreciate what you're doing and they believe in you and believe in the message, it's much easier to say, hey, I see you as well. These are some areas I think that you could grow and prosper and do really, really well. Let's talk about what that looks like for you and then just have a path for them because the the challenge with the small business as well is how do you create upward mobility in the company? How do you create that idea that there is growth opportunity so that people don't get bored and stagnant? So I'm always thinking about that. So important as a business owner to have your employees feel that they're important and needed and that you're feeding whatever side of them out that's not just filling a position. Because we hear a lot about that with, you know, ever since COVID, we talk labor issues abound, right? So how do you manage better so that you can have loyal employees with longevity and that, that want to be with you? Absolutely. 
Yeah, those are great examples and, and helping them evolve in the company and grow, um, mature, um, maybe be promoted to different areas and things like that in their career. Definitely. So all of that being said, you you are doing a fabulous job with your employees and your involvement in the community, your contribution to the community. You're partnering with through this pop-up with other business owners and all supporting each other. On top of that, you're really using your business to teach your daughter. And I want to hear how you're doing that because I was very um, impressed by what you shared because people have different motivations behind having a business. You shared what yours is and how you're able to um, feel, f- be fulfilled personally and fill a need in the community as well. So for me, you know, I have a 10-year-old. She'll be 11. Um And one thing I've always done as I do everything else is I kind of do move a little bit differently, right? And so my daughter has always been kind of this free spirit, very artistic. Uh, She started when she was probably five or six. She was selling her paintings. She was really, really good. Um, Probably five, six years old doing paintings, selling them for $40 a piece. And people had no problem purchasing them. And so we started then talking about money and how we should save and, you know, how she wants to spend her money, how she wants to use it as a tool to put into her business if she wants to do other things. And so most recently, she's kind of got away from painting and she's got a little bracelet business. So now that we have the company and a space, I gave her an opportunity at our latest pop-up shop. And I said, okay this is what's going to happen. I need you to have enough inventory. We're going to create a logo for you. You're going to have business cards. We're going to have all your accounts set up so they can cash app you and PayPal you and all of those things. And so what I need for you to do is come up with your pitch. What are you going to say to people when they come to you? How are you going to approach them so that they want to buy these products from you? And so we kind of practiced that a little bit. And so when we had our most recent pop-up, she was at a table right next to the Ellie table And she had all of her items set out. She had her shirt with her logo, her poster with her logo. And people just were so receptive to that because they thought it was so cool that this 10-year-old had her own little business, her own little identity, and it was tied into Ellie. You know, we are out here supporting young and old in whatever business that you have, giving you that exposure. And she's got quite a few clients that day that she wasn't even expecting. So I asked her at the end of the day, I said, you know, how did that make you feel? She was like, that felt really good. So I said, you know, we're doing more of these events. Do you want to continue to be a vendor? And she was like, absolutely. So this is just going to lead to a broader conversation about, do we want to set up an LLC? Is this going to be a long-term thing? Um, And teach her the basics of business because in our family, that's never been the case. We've never had Um, generational wealth. We've never had a ton of business owners. And so I want to change that and create those opportunities for her as soon as I can. That's amazing. It is amazing. I love that. I feel that so many people miss out on that. She's getting such a unique education at such a young age. So um, I, and to talk also, the other thing to expand on is that you're talking about money and finances with her at Absolutely. such a young age. Because that, I mean, I will confess that I did not do a great job of that with my kids growing up. And I remember specifically my daughter having graduated from college and starting her job. And we were having to talk about 
401k contributions and things like that. And so I really uh, did not do a good job of that. And then, you know, even people that are, you know, you hear a lot about dentists or attorneys, you know, professionals, they don't get any of that business training. So she can go do whatever she wants to do and has already gotten business training at such a, a really young age. And the other thing that's kind of unique about her education is we actually pulled her out of regular school. And so she goes to a homeschool program and her teacher is from Turks and Caicos. And so she infuses that Caribbean mindset and that Caribbean way of doing things that I grew up with. So she gets it at home. She gets it at school. And her teacher is also very into teaching the kids entrepreneurship and doing crafts and thinking outside of the box. So it's not a linear education. It's more expressive. You're out in nature. You're going on nature walks. You're asking questions. They're going to actually be doing a debate team this um, this summer. And so those are the types of experiences that I want to expose her to early enough because I feel like if her mind is expanded and she's been exposed to all of these things, she's going to be less likely to fall in the trap of, oh, I can't do it or that's too hard or doing what everyone else does. I've always taught her to be the exception. If everyone's going right, go left. There's a reason why everyone isn't going left. You be that person to go left. And so that's something that we really try to drive home. Well, and that ties into, because Sarah and I talk about this all the time. When we were growing up, we didn't have those examples. It was, you know, you work for the company for 30 years, you get your gold watch, your retirement, your pension, and you march off into the sunset. It's so different today because there are so many parents now like you that are that want to give their children other opportunities and, and, and broadening their minds. And I'm just amazed at how much younger our clients have gotten over the years because We've changed that way of thinking. There are other options for sure. Definitely. I think it's really important too, you know, as we are building, we as parents, to your point, it's so important for us to have those conversations about I'm building something, but I have to teach you how to take care of it in my absence. And so everything that I'm doing is preparing her. So if anything was to happen to me, everything is already laid out so that she knows exactly what to do. She knows who to contact. Everything is in alignment, you know. In our community, we're not as good about getting life insurance policies and things like that. I talk to my 10-year-old about those things. I tell her about, you know, the different accounts that we have set up for her for her education and whatever she decides to do. Um, There's a lot of plans right now where you can do prepaid college. Well, I didn't want to put her in that box. So her account is more focused on here's a lump sum of money where you can use it however you see fit, as long as you can come to me with the business plan and it's going to be something that I can get behind. I'll fund your first business. That way you're not going to have to go to the banks and wonder if you're going to get um, approved for different fundings to make your dreams come true. And I think that that's really huge in terms of giving your child you know, the avenues to do what really speaks to them. I mean, I'm, I could not agree more. I think that's so smart. And plus you're showing her uh, your ability to start and run a business and maintain a full-time job and the value of diversifying your income. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I can't thank my family enough because that support system is so strong. So my father, my husband, And then Kira, we all kind of pitch in where we need to so that no one person has to carry the full load. And I think as a business owner, that's huge because a lot of times we are juggling so much that if we don't have that additional support, we're burning out, we're, you know, 
barely holding on sometimes where I feel like I can leave Kira with my dad and I know she'll be fine because grandpa's got it. I mean, that's another thing we talk with our clients about all the time is having that family and that spousal support because you need that encouragement. You need that backup plan. Things, unexpected things happen and you need to know that somebody is going to be an encourager and understanding and help carry the load for you. Definitely. Alicia, this has been so um, enjoyable. Just to wrap things up, what piece of advice might you give uh, a potential entrepreneur, a potential business owner that may be thinking about trying to get started in business, doesn't really necessarily know how to do that? And what, what advice could you give? I would tell anyone who's interested in being a business owner, take your time, number one. You want to make sure that you find a business that you are truly passionate about. It shouldn't be something that you have to psych yourself up to be excited about. It should be something that you're going to sleep every night and you're like, I've got so many ideas that I want to implement because I'm excited to do it. Um, if you don't have that, you're kind of putting yourself back right where you started in terms of not enjoying your career and not doing what you love. And so I tell people, yes, you do want to make that extra income. You do want it to be successful, but that passion is going to drive you to work that much harder to make it successful. So that's a huge piece of advice that I would give anybody. Thank you. That's very uh, helpful. We do talk a lot about passion and and what passion means to you. So I think they need to e evaluate that too. Do they have a passion for the lifestyle that it's going to create? Do they have a passion for the income that it's going to create? Do they have a passion for what they're able to provide for other people? What benefit, what service, whatever it might be. Absolutely. So thank you so much. So if any of our listeners want to learn more or might want to um, get details about Ellie Mental Health or visit with you further, how would they reach you? You can reach me on my email. It's A-L-Garner, G-A-R-N-E-R, -E at Ellie, E-L-L-I-E, mentalhealth.com. Perfect. Thanks so much. We appreciate you joining us today and sharing with our listeners your very unique story. I loved hearing it on the phone and I loved hearing it again today. For our listeners, thank you for joining us today for episode 50. Kind of an exciting milestone for us. I'm Roxanne Rapsky, R-A-P-S-K-E. My colleague is Sarah Wasco, W-A-S-K-O-W. Please find us on LinkedIn. We're very active there. You can also find us on our website at frannet.com and you can find Unpredicted Entrepreneur on our YouTube channel at Frannet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma, along with other informative videos. And lastly, you can also find Unpredicted Entrepreneur on any of the podcasting platforms. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. 